Hello, good evening, everyone. Welcome to the premiere of the movie called What is Ivermectin? Um, I really like this movie. It's a short film, but it's quite uh, uh, powerful. Um, it's kind of an inspiring and intellectually stimulating uh, tracing of the history of ivermectin and its impacts on a number of countries as well as diseases in the world. Um, and I got to tell you, that history is still being written. Um, and, and this movie will, will, will bring us up to that point. And I find it, uh, again, um, a very powerful movie. So I hope you enjoy it. I also want to thank uh, Sean Burke and Adrian Urso for making this movie happen. Uh, Adrian's the director. Um, I also want to thank our supporters uh, for funding the movie and also stick around after the movie because Adrian um, is going uh, to do an interview um, and talk about how he got sort of inspired and involved in the project. Uh, and then also keep in mind, please follow and like us on this channel. Go to flccc.net uh, uh, to visit and follow us there. And then also, if you like the movie, please share on your social media channels. So again, thanks for joining us and I hope you enjoy the movie. What is ivermectin? Here are a few key points before we take a closer look. It was first discovered in 1973 and has been approved for human use since 1987, with more than 4 billion doses distributed worldwide. The World Health Organization has also included it on its list of essential medicines. And it's been called a wonder drug due to its versatility, safety profile, and beneficial impact it has had worldwide, earning a Nobel Prize to the two men who discovered and developed it. It's fascinating to note that ivermectin shares a very interesting trait with penicillin and aspirin in the fact that they were all found and derived from nature. But to truly understand ivermectin and its impact, we'll take it back to the very beginning. The full story of ivermectin begins with Satoshi Omura in the early 70s. Working as a microbiologist at the Distinguished Kitasato Institute, he was searching for new antibacterial compounds. Having grown up in a farming family, he developed a deep respect for nature and believed, as he still does today, that it held all the things we need to have healthy and productive lives. Because of this, the Kitasato Institute was the perfect home for his research having been founded by Shibasaburo Kitasato, who also believed in the discovery of drugs and vaccines derived from natural sources. That belief drove Professor Omuro's purpose to discover useful chemicals and bioactive agents in nature, and more specifically, in soil-dwelling organisms. He's collected thousands of soil samples from all over Japan to find and isolate these new microorganisms. One sample proved to be very promising. From soil that was taken very close to the Kawana Golf Club just a few hours south of Tokyo, Professor Omura and his team were able to isolate a new organism. Through a process of culturing and fermenting the organism, they soon found that it produced a very active class of compounds called avermectins. All the right pieces were in place, as it was also during this time that Professor Omura and the Kitasato Institute had a partnership with the Merck, Sharp, and Dome Company and all the resources they had in taking the compounds to the next level. It was 1975, and William Campbell was the head of an interdisciplinary team at the labs when they received the samples from the Kitasato Institute. 
It was his task to screen the sample along with 53 others sent by Professor Omura's team. The avermectin was highly effective against worms and other parasites. They then modified it to be safer and more effective. That result was ivermectin. They have since searched the world over for the microorganisms that produced those original avermectins. Quite remarkably, that sample site south of Tokyo remains the only place they've ever been found. An astounding fact considering the global impact the drug has had. In the time after isolating and screening the new avermectins, further analysis revealed the efficacy against a diverse range of parasitic worms and insects. In fact, they found it to be 25 times more potent than other antiparasitic drugs. It was also the first drug in a new class that could treat parasites both internally and externally, called endecticides. In 1981, ivermectin was released commercially to treat animals and quickly became the top-selling veterinary drug in the world, used in both domestic animals and livestock. It was so effective, it nearly eradicated a roundworm commonly found in horses. But the goal was always a drug that could treat both animals and humans, so the work didn't end there. William Campbell pushed forward on more studies to see if ivermectin could be used against onchocerciasis, also known as river blindness, after finding that a close relative to the worm that caused river blindness was very effectively killed in horses. River blindness is caused by onchocercovulvulus, a parasitic worm that can live in the body for up to 14 years, it's spread through the bite of infected blackflies that carry the tiny worms in larval form from person to person. Aside from blindness, they also cause severe skin issues and intense itching, as well as being generally debilitating. In fact, in the West African savanna, half the males over 40 years of age were blind due to onchocerciasis. In 1981, Merck began clinical trials in Senegal. Safety was a top priority, so they began with a very small dose of ivermectin. River blindness was a massive health emergency, as well as a socioeconomic issue, and they were set on addressing it effectively with ivermectin. They found that a single annual dose would reduce those immature worms to zero. Ivermectin could then be taken annually for the life of the adult worm and prevent all the devastating effects of infection, including the blindness that was disabling so many. In 1987, Merck registered ivermectin for human use under the brand name of Mectisan. What followed was a great nod to George Merck's philosophy on medicine. Merck and Company is an industrial firm, but in the conduct of our business, we have endeavored to live up to certain principles. We try to remember that medicine is for the patient. We try never to forget that medicine is for the people. It is not only for the profit. They established the Mectizan donation program and began distributing ivermectin at no cost for the treatment of onchocerciasis, committed to continue their distribution for as long as needed and wherever needed. Ivermectin has proven equally effective in another devastating parasitic disease known as elephantiasis. To date, over 30 years later, more than 4 billion treatments have been donated in 49 countries for combined treatment against river blindness and elephantiasis. A component to the large ongoing distribution is the safety profile of ivermectin. In fact, the WHO concluded that ivermectin was so safe that with some training, non-medical people could oversee their community's ongoing administering of the drug. 
In 2015, Professor Satoshi Omura and William Campbell received a proper acknowledgement for their discovery of ivermectins and the impact ivermectin has had all over the world. They were awarded the Nobel Prize in Physiology or Medicine. In the spaces of physiology or medicine, the ultimate goal is to achieve scientific breakthroughs that change our view of human health, disease, and normal vital processes. From more than 40,000 different Streptomyces cultures, he was able to identify a completely unknown type, Streptomyces avimectilis. That contained a compound never seen before and which would change the history of medicine. William C. Campbell received the Streptomyces strain from Amora and identified the unique properties of Streptomyces avimectilis in killing many different intestinal nematodes with extraordinary potency. Given the efficacy of ivermectin, global initiatives sponsored by WHO and NGOs have the goal now to eliminating these two diseases by 2025. The story of ivermectin has been an incredibly positive and impactful one, with worldwide recognition of its benefits to humanity over the decades of safe and widespread use. In 2019, the world changed. And today, in 2021, we're still living and dealing with the virus that locked the world down. In reality, COVID-19 may be the only reason many even know of ivermectin. The name has been mentioned and written thousands of times during the pandemic. Now you've seen the origins, use, safety, and benefit to millions around the world. The fact is, new potential uses for ivermectin had been studied before COVID-19 stopped the world in its tracks. Aside from its antiparasitic effects, studies have shown antiviral and anti-inflammatory mechanisms of action. And as drugs are commonly repurposed after research proves efficacy and safety, this was promising for many areas of use for ivermectin. Studies have shown effectiveness against influenza, Zika virus, dengue fever, malaria, tuberculosis, leukemia, HIV, and more. It's a drug whose full scope of use is only now becoming to be understood. COVID was a global health emergency, and this prompted many doctors and researchers to investigate existing and established drugs to repurpose, placing even more attention and broad worldwide research into ivermectin's potential uses. And due to its mechanism of action as an antiviral, it could be useful across future viruses and mutations. The story of ivermectin is far from over. In fact, it's only just beginning as acceptance of this drug and all its uses begin to be understood. That singular sample of soil and the microorganism discovered within has proven to be endlessly giving.
Hello, I'm here with Adrian Ursu, who is the director of the film. And Adrian, welcome. And can you tell us what, what really inspired you to do this? Uh, I think it goes back to Dr. Corey's Senate testimony. You know, also. I think a lot of us watched that. Um, you know, things were ramping up. We were, we were about, you know, a year into the pandemic and it didn't seem like there was a solution uh, available yet. And as pandemics go from history, we know that they're going to play out for a couple of years. Um, to see a doctor speak with that much passion about a therapeutic and a solution as he presented it, I think the truth uh, just kind of hit me to the core. There was no vested interest in a really cheap <laughs> drug. There was nothing to gain for, for Dr. Corey. Um, so to see that much passion, um, you know, they'd had some practical use already. They had had some clinical use. They, they saw what was happening. It's very telling. We're in the middle of a pandemic and I think that matters. And so for me, I was just like, I had no involvement at the time. And I was just like, I, I want to do something with Dr. Corey. I, so I need to have some connection to him. You started to do the research and, and, and what did you learn that moved you? Uh, how much data there was actually there. Um, uh, my wife, even the year prior, uh, I was just in the deep dive of everything COVID because I, my wife was pregnant. <laughs> we were having our first child. I needed to know what was going on. Also, my wife was pregnant, so I wanted to protect her. I'm like, what's happening? Um, but uh, once I heard that word, ivermectin, and I was like, well, what is this? And you start looking for, for information. You start looking for data. I couldn't believe how much was actually out there. Um, you know, dating back to its discovery in 73, there's been so much research that I actually couldn't quite believe that more people were actually looking at ivermectin. How did you come up with your concepts for telling the story? Um, well, we didn't have the resources to go out and film something. We didn't have the resources to fly to Japan to go, you know, interview uh, Satoshi Amura, the man who discovered the microorganism. Um, uh, so I was like, okay, how do we tell this story? How do we tell it properly? And I think part of the concept of how to execute this thing and how to tell the story came in ivermectin's origins, which was a soil dwelling microorganism. It's organic, it's, its root, its source is organic, which blew me away, by the way. I, you know, it's like, wow, okay, so this is not just a fully lab created, you know, I, I knew about penicillin, I knew about aspirin, I knew about their their origins. So for me, I was just like, okay, this story needs to feel organic. And, and when you look at even Satoshi Omura's sort of philosophy on, on life and medicine and how he believes, um, you know, nature has so much to offer us. 
I was like, all right, this needs to be true to the nature of the organism that ivermectin comes from. There's so that, that kind of led, you know, conceptually that, that was the, the seed that carried me forward. There's really a purity to that story that, uh, that we see in the film um, that somehow has been terribly mischaracterized by all of the media that has been out there. Um, and is that part of your message? Is that part of what this is all about, why you're doing this? It, it is, it is, it is. It's, it, it, I mean, it's really quite shameful. Um, this, and I never thought in a million years I would actually say this. This is a beautiful drug, <laughs> you know, semi-synthetic, uh, derived from nature, um, from a man whose heart and soul is into finding things and medications to help people. Um, but the, not just the country, the world has been so divided. It, it's been so completely politicized. There's no room for that in here. And so I didn't want to be combative in how I told the story of, of ivermectin. I didn't want to be divisive because so many things and so many people and so many organizations are already contributing to that divide. I just wanted to be honest and truthful in, in the purest way. Like you said, it's the, the purity of the story. It's just like, no, let's carry forward the initial motivation of even looking for this thing, this organism, you know, um, and have that be the thing that carries us forward. Because even William Campbell, who then, you know, continued the work that so Satoshi Amora started, even his philosophies, like he's, uh, everybody involved at the labs where William Campbell was working at the time, including the CEO, had such goodness and such good intentions and in what they wanted to do um, that I didn't want to taint uh, this story with anything other than what the people involved with ivermectin from the very beginning and the origins were out to do. So I was gonna tell that story as true to their intentions and in developing it as I could. Is there anything that I've missed that you would like to add about the experience of making this film and where you would like to go, like it to go and what you hope to see uh, as its effects? I would love both the fans and supporters of ivermectin and the people that dismiss it as a horse dewormer to watch it as a blank slate. Even if you're on board with it, start anew. Watch it like you don't know anything. Because I think what you're going to walk away with is what this really is, what this really means, not just now into the future when you watch when you watch the film you see the research that's been done so far and the unbelievably broad use for this little <laughs> this little drug i mean calling it a drug i feel like almost minimizes it to some degree because there's so many associations and connotations with drug um but tr truly it's it's there's no propaganda. There's no ill intention. There's no 
slant. It's like, here it is. Here's what's been presented. Here's what's been researched. Forget what you've heard. Um, everything is cited as well, you know, so anybody can pause the thing and kind of want, if they want to do a little bit of a deeper dive, they can actually look at the papers for themselves. Forget the headlines that back up, you know, slanderous claims with no foundation in truth. Like it, it's, it's there, it's transparent, it's, it's truthful. So my hope is just that people pro or con in favor or, you know, not in favor can just watch it freshly. Um, and I hope it finds some new people and I hope it finds some support because this is, at this point, we know what ivermectin can do and is doing for a lot of people. This is not saying don't do anything else. This is saying, hey, here's something that is very effective, not just for this, but so many other things. My fear is that if we disregard it and squash it now, all the other uses and all the other things it can be helpful for get lost. And that would actually be really tragic to me. It's a beautiful story. It's William Campbell and Satoshi Amora are beautiful people. And I think it's a, it's, it would be a discredit to them, um, the men who spent so much time developing and getting it out there to dismiss it. And I think let's just do our, let's do, do ourselves a favor and give it a moment. That's it. It's also about saving lives, is it not? It's absolutely about saving lives. I mean, when we cut to the chase, the false claims of toxicity, I've read the toxicity and safety reports. Um, you know, the contraindications are being looked at to get tossed out because it is so safe. It's so incredibly safe. Um, it, it's, yeah, I, it, it blows me away. It's like when there's so little risk, like almost zero risk really, in taking something that's cheap and affordable and unbelievably safe, why would you not give it to a patient who has no other options? It, you know, it's, it kind of blows me away. I don't quite understand it. I can't, I can't wrap my head around it, to be honest. How do you take that lifesaver away from that person? Yeah. Adrian Ursu, thank you so much. You've created a beautiful, informative, wonderfully educational film. Thank, thank you, Betsy. You.